Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. As always, you can join the conversation by calling in with your questions at 805-285-9865. Or you can share your thoughts on Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag MTFW. Now, let's get the conversation started. Good morning, everybody. This is Lorraine. And on the Twitter board this morning is the new kid on the block at Roundbang. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. So if you guys have got stuff to say, go ahead and use the hashtag pound MTFW. Do a shout-out to Tamara. Make her work this morning. Um, also, uh, in the Roundpeg offices this morning is somebody that I just love hanging out with, um, Shawnee Quick Graphics. Shawnee is going to talk about trade shows. Good morning, Shawnee. Good morning. Actually, the way I got Shawnee to come in was um, telling her we'd have a house full of animals. Absolutely. <laughs> and I came early. So this morning, we're going to talk about trade shows. We're going to talk about getting ready. We're going to talk about what you do when you're there. We're going to talk about what you do afterwards. Because this time of year, we're getting a lot of calls for clients that are getting ready for those shows. And I feel bad because I think a lot of them are can spend a lot of money and not get the value. So what do you tell people? Well, first off, Shani, tell people a little bit about what you do, and then we'll roll into business. Well, I work for a company called Fine Promotions. We are a woman-owned business that's been around for 36 years here in Nicholas. I specialize in branding of hard goods, anything you can touch and fill with your logo, from signage, awards, logo apparel, and promotional products, and business gifts. And my job is to make the client look good. And so as clients start doing this and they look for um, ways to, to look good, they're getting ready for a trade show, what should they do 30 to 60 days before they leave home? They, they've sent off that check. They reserve that 10 by 10 booth. Now what? Well, what I tell people is there's a lot of pre-show marketing that they can do. And a lot of times we can do that with mailers with emails, but there's also ways to market that people really don't think of sometimes, especially if you're traveling to a different city. A lot of times the trade show will have hotels that are specially booked for that trade show. And a lot of times when people register, they get a discount for attending that trade show. So the hotel knows ahead of time what rooms are attending the show. You as a marketer, can then drop off a welcome gift, whether it's a basket or a different item, and then they can have that right there in their room when they get there and they know you're at booth 405 and what you're doing. You know, um, I've done a lot of weddings and, and, and family events, and you have the welcome basket. I never thought about doing a welcome gift for a trade show, and particularly when there's a conference hotel. And, and, and that's really nice if it's not a really big conference as a way of getting in front of people. Right. And what I like to tell my clients to do, if you can do a call to action item, and what I mean by that, imagine that you come into the hotel room and in your welcome basket from this particular vendor is maybe some candies, maybe a small item, like a magnet business card, but then there's also a flyer or some kind of token that is a call to action that tells you to bring that item back to a booth 
and then you can be registered for something. Right now, iPads are all the craze and the iPad mini. How cool would it be if you told them to bring this item back to the booth, and by bringing that, they automatically get registered for a free item? And um, really, I, I see any number of things I've seen um, for bigger trade shows, like when I used to do home builders and ASHRAE, things like car keys. Yes. Um, but for smaller events, an iPad mini, a, a camera, a, plane ticket, anything, is kind of a, a nice, fun incentive. They're going to be walking the aisles anyway. The trick is just to get them to stop and say hello to you. Absolutely. And the call to action item can be something, too, that not necessarily that they keep. I read a case study once where someone put windmills, the little pinwheels, in the basket. And then when the people brought them back to the booth, the buzz of of the windmill. Why do these people have the windmill? Other people wanted to know, why did I not get a windmill? If you can create any kind of buzz in a booth, that's going to get people to notice you. So something like, um, uh, if it's a casual conference, if it's a tech event, a cool t-shirt might actually be, you know, wear this t-shirt on day one of the conference. Absolutely. Another thing that draws attention and that I love and that I sell a lot of is anything that blinks. LEDs are amazing. I sell blinky pens um, all the time. I sell them for all kinds of different events because, again, people want to know, why do you have that blinky pen? How do I get the blinky pen? Which, you know, it's, it's so funny because after the trade show, I probably don't want to ever use the blinky pen again, but it's fun to have it at the event. It got your attention at the event, absolutely. And, and so that's... Um, I think that's an important conversation in that pre-show planning is making decisions. Is what you're, what do you want the 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 giveaways to do? Is it generate buzz at the event, generate conversations, be something people put on their desks when they get home? Between the different categories, where are you seeing more interest? Well, I think the main goal is to get the person information. The trade show, to me, is just a way to make an introduction. And if you cannot get the person's information and qualify the lead, then you haven't done a good job at the trade show. So that's why the call to action items usually generate information coming into your booth early. If there's 100 booths at the show and you had a call to action item, they're going to come to your booth first. Yeah, and that's, um, I've had conversations about people and they want to bring all of these brochures and all of this literature to the show. And I remember um, going to show after show after show and coming home with a bag that sat on my desk that she'll never go through that kept moving closer and closer to the edge of the desk until it eventually fell off the desk and into the trash. Right. And the people that made an impression on me and the um, people I stayed in touch with were the ones that had some kind of meaningful interaction and then follow-up. Yes. I think a lot of times people think that the trade show is just about that day, and it's so much more. It's pre-show marketing. It's interaction at the event. It's follow-up after the event. And then it's follow-up continues how many touches afterwards. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you got to do at the uh that you got to do right at the event. Displays, training your staff. 
what kind of things do you do to create that positive impression? People are walking down the aisles. There are 100 booths. What makes them stop at your booth? A lot of times I think people miss the mark on trade shows because the only logo that they have present is a table skirt. And table skirts are wonderful. I sell them all the time. The problem is when people enter your booth and stand in front of the table skirt, other people walking by have no idea who you are. I tell people all the time, you need to have banner stands. You need to have vertical signage. That way, if there's 10 people in your booth, when someone's walking by, they still say, oh, look, that's the round peg booth. The other thing I tell people often is that you have to have your staff and logo apparel. If I'm coming to a trade show booth and I want to talk to someone, I want to be able to know exactly who works in this booth. You can't be dressed in business attire, even if it is a suit, and not have some kind of recognition, whether it's a name tag, a custom lanyard, something to identify you that you're part of that staff. Absolutely. And, um, you know, years and years when I was a carrier and we would go to all of the trade shows and the standard logo attire was the golf shirt. And I just hated it because that guy's clothing. But you don't have to, when you do logo attire, you could pretty much put a logo on anything. On anything. And luckily in this day and age, women's logo apparel has changed so much. It's much more fashionable. Um, and that's another thing that I tell people all the time. Make sure the clothing is comfortable. These poor people are standing on their feet all day. And you want them to look good and professional, but you also want them to be comfortable. And, um, and um, you know, that uh, when the first time I could get um, a woman's cut T-shirt with a logo, every woman walking the aisle of that trade show came up to me and said, where did you get that? Because every other woman in the show was still wearing golf shirts. Yes. Um, I mean, and that's, that's sort of the challenge. You want to look like you, but part of a team. Well, the other thing you can do to really stand out is to have unique apparel and unique colors. You know, I just did a trade show outfit for people, and it's a tech show, and we've decided to go with very trendy sweatshirts. And you're saying sweatshirts at a trade show, they were zip hoodies, and the guys were comfortable. Mm -hmm. It was an odd color that really stood out. And they contacted me afterwards and said that was the best trade show they ever had because they were comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Um, uh, uh, and that's one of the things I do tell people for the really big shows. It's not a lot. Invest in that extra layer of carpet. Absolutely. The foam padding, the carpet. <laughs> and you as an attendee want to hang out in a booth that has more foam and more carpeting. Absolutely. And people stay longer. Absolutely. And they don't even know why they're staying longer. <laughs> okay. So, um, so you've got people in good apparel, um, and that's wonderful, and people come up to you. But I I think I want to talk a little bit about training. What what should people do when they're standing in the booth? Well, we've all that have attended a trade show have seen that the person is standing there and they're trying to get you to come into their booth. The biggest problem that I think people face when you attend a trade show, you're like, okay, I have to buy so many items. The golden rule on trade show, if there's a thousand attending, you buy half of that in promotional items. 
of your key item. What I usually tell my clients is that we have three levels of giveaways. I have a premium giveaway that is my most expensive, and then I have two other backup giveaways. The problem that I think most people have is they just put all their items on a table where anyone can walk up and take them and you didn't have a conversation. You have to qualify the lead. And by that, I tell people, you can't keep your premium gifts out for anyone to grab. Either keep them behind your table or under your table. It's okay that they're not sitting out for everyone to see. You know, that, um, I think about that, one of the very first trade shows I went to uh, was a really big show, and the guy, the, the giveaway were these wonderful stuffed animals. They were black panthers, and I had two kids, and my boss had three kids, and we kept making the rounds, and we kept going by. I mean, we came home with a bunch of these stuffed animals, they had paid good money on. I did chat with them once. Um, but then as soon as I got home, I had to take the branding off because it wouldn't be safe to give to my children. Right. And so um, it looked great in their booth, and it, it created buzz, but I think they spent a lot of money um, and didn't get what they really wanted out of it. Didn't get the return on investment. Absolutely. And that's where I tell people, you have to have a way to collect the information from the attendees. A lot of trade shows have a scan method where they can scan your ID. Some still do not offer that, so you have to have some kind of card that people fill out with their information. I tell people if you qualify them as a true lead and you spend time with them and you interact with them, or what I always say, you see the whites of their eyes, then they qualify for the premium gift. Now, you can have backup gifts, and a lot of times these backup gifts cost under a dollar. But there are amazing gifts that you can have that cost under the dollar. For example, an ink pen. But the trendy stuff right now is the stylus pen. And a stylus is used on your smartphones, your iPads, any of your tablets. And they especially work well for people that have larger fingers that when they're typing on the keyboard, they hit multiple keys, men especially. But the clever thing that we're selling right now are these little portable stylus that don't have a pen attachment. It's just the stylus, and you can hook it on either your keychain or it has an adapter to hook right into your iPhone. I love the idea of putting it on my keychain um, because it is, uh, you know, you can then take it off and work. Because I would, I would have that for less than 24 hours before I lost it. Um, because my iPad and my iPhone don't really have cases right. that they go into anymore. So having a way to kind of hook it onto something I think is, is cool. Now, I will tell you, Shawnee showed up today with toys. And um, I am going to take a picture of this um, because you, uh, and I'm going to post it on the blog because I think this is the coolest thing. Um, this is an iPhone stand. It is. It's a media lounger, and you can use it for your phone. You can use it for your tablet, but it lets it sit on your desk at an angle. So if someone's coming through with a text, a tweet, an email, your phone is not sitting flat. It's sitting in an angle where you can see it. Um, the one that Lorraine's taking a picture of is my personal one that I have on my desk. These are very, very affordable. 
And I have tons of styles that I sell. Um, again, this is just the media lounger. But tablet stands, portable tablet stands, are the real trend right now in trade show giveaways. And again, they range from 65 cents on up to several dollars, depending on the quality. Um, the thing I love about this is I, um, I have really struggled um, as we've talked to clients about um, different gifts that they can take to, um, to trade shows um, because uh, nobody wants another coffee cup. Right. We get 12 million pens. Um, the hot thing last year, I think, were the really small, the really flat, heat-shaped scan, yeah. just kind of things. But, um, you know, those things come and go. But this is really cool, and I can see this is something I would have on my desk because my phone is always on my desk. Um, well, the key is useful. You have to have an item that's useful. And I know you said a bit about cups, or, but drinkware, believe it or not, is still one of the highest giveaways that you can give away. That being said, you need to give away an item of drinkware that is something different that no one's seen before. Yes. Um, the uh, I like it, and, and I'm going to switch over because the, the hot thing is um, water bottles. Yes. Um, as we, I think, become as we become kind of a little more health conscious and we, we know, I, I know I need to drink more water. Um, and I'm also a little bit um, environmentally conscious. Um, I hate to have, keep throwing away the plastic bottles. It's nice. Good question. Okay, cool. Um, but I think uh, those have been really fun. And I have, uh, I have one that I got at the conference, kind of my um, iTunes um, from YouTube. And I love it. It's got, kind of got, you know, a nice look. But I... I think uh, different mouthpieces have made them really interesting. Well, and the other thing I tell people is you can do a call to action in your giveaway. That being said, put some kind of card, piece of paper, roll it up, stick it in the water bottle that has some kind of code access for them to come to your website, enter the code, and they can receive something for their time. That is a way, too, to track to see how many people, in fact, take your premium item and actually read your information. I love call to action items. I think that is one of the keys to trade shows that many people miss the mark on. And I think you know that kind of ties in nicely with some of the other marketing that we're doing, whether it's you know the AdWords, the camera does, or some of the things we do in the email, is linking to dedicated landing pages. Yes. It's, it's creating this seamless on and offline connection so that Somebody has a conversation with you and you come up with that. Right. And to give you an answer to, okay, I qualify this person as a premium lead. They, in fact, did follow up on my call to action. Now let's have a real conversation. And um, I remember home trade shows with just that stack of leads and either never getting to all of them or not knowing really where to start and being able to separate people out because they took that next step um, and is like, okay, I'll start with them. I think so many times people spend so much money on the trade show and then they miss the boat because once they get home, they don't follow up. If you don't follow up with the people, that's just wishing and hoping that you're going to get the return on your investment. You have to do the hard work. I tell people all the time, 
the trade show itself isn't necessarily the, the hard work. It's after the trade show and making sure that you're dedicated to following up with those leads. I think we um, uh, we uh, often tell clients, if you don't know what you're going to send to the leads when you come home, don't go. Right. I mean, because... That's good advice. It, it's kind of like um, people doing an ad um, or, or doing social media for brand awareness. I just got to get my name out there. And it's a really hard lesson for businesses to learn is, no, you have to sell. Right. And you can sell without being pushy. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times, too, people honestly don't educate the people. It goes back to what we talked about with the staff. They don't educate the attendees that their job there is to sell, is to create interest. It's not just a one-sided job. And I think a lot of times some of the best trade shows I've ever gone to is where I left feeling like, wow, I'm going to actually have a relationship with this new company. And I think those are the types of people you want working the booth. Those are the types of people that you want out there promoting your brand. You have to be really careful. Just because someone works for the company doesn't mean they should be the one representing your company in that booth. And sometimes I think when you have like a um, a technical product, I think you struggle because if you just have the marketing person, they can't answer the hard questions. But if you just send the technical person, they can't start the conversation. Right. Um, some of the best, uh, most interesting trade show booths are when you tag team. You have that marketing person creating the conversation, but then you have the really solid technical person there to answer. To answer the true question. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times people don't think about that when they're when they're sending their people to the booth. And that is because that's your brand. Because if someone walks away from that booth and you've not been able to answer the question because you didn't know, that's not leaving a good image to them. You know, that again, you know, years and years and years ago in the trade shows there used to be a strategy to just put a pretty girl in the booth because everybody wanted to come and talk to the pretty girl. And while that kind of worked and people came into the booth, I don't know that they actually got any real business done. I mean, I don't know how many leads they got because they didn't work for the company. They, um, they could hand out the giveaway but they couldn't have a sales conversation. They couldn't really pre-qualify. Absolutely. It goes back to your Black Panther, Seth Panther comment. You can have the best premiums in the world, but if you haven't educated the customer and qualified the lead, you're not going to get the return on your investment that you need. So you come home, and you got that stack of leads. Now what? Well, it depends on how how you want to handle it. Some companies prefer an email follow-up originally. Some people will do a hard mailing. Some people will want to set appointments. Some people will want to do phone calls. I don't really care which method you use, but you have to follow up. And I tell people the rule of three. If you do, I like to do an email follow-up thanking the person and then having another call of action. What's the next step? And you, and you can ask the person how you want to proceed with this. Sometimes 
when you do the call to action, it can be scary because they can tell you no. But if you qualify them as a premium lead, most chances are you're going to continue the conversation. And I tell people you cannot wait weeks to follow up. I tell people to do the email return right away, and then within a week you have to do your second follow-up. And I'm going to go back on, on something you said about, you know, oh, my God, what if they say no? Um, my sales coach will tell you that no is the best thing they can say because at that point you can stop wasting your time. Absolutely. You can relegate them to an email drip campaign. Maybe they'll be ready in a year. Maybe they'll be ready in two. Maybe they'll never be ready. Um, but if you've got 25 active leads because you haven't asked, and the truth is there are only five good ones, you can get a lot more done with those five serious than you can trying to juggle 25 when 20 of them are worthless. Absolutely. I call that my getting ready to get ready syndrome. You know, I have, for myself, I have different lead sheets for clients that I know I'm going to do business with, clients that I want to do business with, clients that I might do business with. And sometimes whenever I have to mark somebody off to the list that says I am not going to do business with that person, I can't take it personal. I have to know that I can't put any more time and effort into them because they're just not a good fit. And um, I think uh, successful salespeople, I think actually it's easier for them to let go of a bad lead. Um, when you're not selling a lot of stuff, you hold on to every lead and hope. When you're really busy, um, there's in a lot of our businesses, you spend too much time generating proposals and following up for somebody who's never going to buy. Right. And I think it's, like you said, too, a lot of it comes from a place of scarcity. If you're scared and you don't have a lot of business going on, you are going to grasp at straws and not maybe look at your lead list honestly. Um, we can hope all day long, but at the end of the day, you have to listen to the client. If they tell you they're not ready to buy or they're not going to buy, you have to accept that and move on. And so I think that's where good conversations at the trade show help. And, and having those staggered calls to action, having a call to action to bring someone into your booth, having a follow-up after they have that conversation, having that next, are you really ready to go further, one of my favorite, and this goes back years, a Primo used to have a strategy, and they would have a scanner in their booth. And as soon as you scanned your information, it was relayed through their system. Someone back in their offices would have your info, and they would dial your office and leave a message that basically says, hi, thanks so much for stopping in at our booth. Um, you know, When you get back, we'd love to talk with you where that kind of initially backfired but then worked for them is a lot of times people would register with their cell phones. So the people would be standing in their booth still talking with oh. them and their phone would ring. And so they and they pick it up and listen and they'd be like, but it did a couple of things. It made them laugh. It created that conversation. It demonstrated their technology, which was awesome. And um, it it, it made the experience memorable. And I think that two things, number one, there was that follow-up. The other thing is they made the, the booth experience memorable. Absolutely. And again, 
everything needs to be memorable when it comes to your trade show booth. You as the salesperson in the booth, the booth itself, the giveaway, and most importantly, the experience. How did I feel when I was in that booth? And the main thing is you have to make the people feel comfortable with you to trust you with their business. And I think that... Um, why, I think that more than anything is the benefit of bringing a personal face to a business. Um, okay, I cannot believe that we have just talked for 30 minutes. I know, very quickly. Um, last thing, if people want to catch up with you, learn more about what you do, where do they find you? Well, you can find me on my Twitter, which is ShawneeQR, and I'm also available with my email, which is Sean at climepromotions.com. You can like us on Facebook, and I'd appreciate any opportunities to help you with your future trade shows. Awesome. Thank you so very, very much. This was awesome. It was a great show. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's program, if you'd like to learn more about marketing, networking, social media, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. Tune in next week. We'll still be working, and next week we're going to be talking, Tamara and I, about AdWords, so um, kind of the other side of the spectrum from the very personal trade shows. We'll look forward to hearing from you then. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.